Radio MD. RadioMD.com. Hear it from the doctor with expert guests from the American Academy of Pediatrics. It's Healthy Children. Now, our favorite mom, Melanie Cole, MS. As our kids have started to go back to school and they've resumed social situations, and for some of you that might be like me, kids went off to college and you see them in pictures and you wonder if they're masking, but we know that the anxiety level has really done this kind of dip and ebb and flow throughout this pandemic. Well, today we're talking about what our kids have been going through as far as anxiety and depression and eating disorders. And really, it's just been huge what our kids have had to go through and and even us as parents the same. Welcome to Healthy Children, where all of our expert guests are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics. And joining me today is Dr. Katherine Williamson. She's board certified in pediatrics, and she's the immediate past president of the AAP Orange County, as well as a spokesperson for the American Academy of Pediatrics. So Dr. Williamson, as I said in my intro, boy, our kids have had to really go through a lot. Have you seen an increase in anxiety and eating disorders over the course of the last year and a half as a result of COVID and lockdown and all of that? What have you seen? I definitely have, unfortunately. It has been absolutely heartbreaking. Um, So I'm a general pediatrician. I work full-time, and I have seen so many of my patients, even young kids, but especially adolescents and teens, go through mental health concerns, um, a lot of anxiety, and definitely an increase in eating disorders since the onset of the pandemic. Well, no kidding, right? I mean, these kids have have not been quite sure what to make of it, and it's been such a polarization of a pandemic, really, you know, a public health crisis. So now things have been opening up a little, and kids 12 and up can get the vaccine. And I know my kids were really excited to do that. What have you seen? Has this been decreasing a little bit, or are you still kind of seeing it on the rise and a lot of anxiety, especially since now they can go out, but we're all still a little nervous about that? Yeah, well, you've actually hit it right on the head. So at the beginning of the pandemic and a few months into it, that's really when we started to see anxiety, depression, and eating disorders skyrocket. About the middle of the summer is when I saw a dip which was fantastic. Kids were getting vaccinated, they were able to get out of their homes, and they were looking forward to going back to school. Um, I will say a couple months into school, I am seeing an increase again, but in a different way. So before during the pandemic, uh, when kids were in lockdown, so much of it was social isolation, which as you can imagine, can lead itself to depression because kids need to be social. Um, Now a lot of what I'm seeing is that reintegration back to being around other kids. So that brings with it some social anxiety and the feeling of, of newness and trying to understand what groups they're in and what it means to, to be liked by their peers. Well, and we've learned so much about, well, the teenage brain. And even if you're a little bit older like I am, you think back to those years and you have these vague memories. Kids live day to day, right? So the pandemic put them in that social isolation and now they're opened back up and maybe feel freer to use drugs and alcohol, to go to parties, to do any of these kinds of things that social kids do. However, there's still this underlying simmering thing. And parents like me going, you know, there's still a pandemic. So 
what do you want parents to know about right now? About what are we looking for in our kids that signal, you know what, they're, this isn't right yet? It's an excellent question. So when, when I talk with my patients' parents, the first thing I talk about is just thinking about how mental health and physical health are tied so closely. And I kind of break it down to four basic things that our body needs to be healthy, which is sleep, exercise, good nutrition, and hydration even gets its own category. And what we saw in the pandemic is at least one, if not all four of those for so many kids just completely went off the rail. And so getting that back to baseline is so important. So I tell parents, let's start with the basics, right? Is your child sleeping? Is your child getting exercise every day? Because the impact, the positive impact that has on our body and our mental health is huge. And sometimes, while it's not necessarily easy to bring those back into our life, that is all that is needed to help a child really get back to to a stable state. So that's my first response. The second thing is really helping your child to be present. We are in the midst of social media being everywhere, right? It is absolutely ubiquitous. It was before the pandemic. It was definitely during the pandemic, and it is now. And so so kids are so influenced by what they're seeing and, and hearing on social media, and it's really important to turn media off and have times where you're just being in the moment. I feel like that last part is something that's very much lost on many of the kids that I see, and it's so important to bring that back. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I saw during the pandemic and the isolation how much all of us, not only kids, spent on social media, really, in in front of screens and things because school and boredom and everything else came into play. So now, You talked about those four pillars of good health. Not always easy, any of them, especially with your teenagers getting sleep or your college students getting sleep. Littler kids, you can kind of say bedtime. But with the older kids, you know, they still have school and homework and all of these things. How as parents do we go about getting our kids to adhere to a routine, to keep hydrated, to get some physical activity? How are we supposed to, and of course, to get decent sleep? It's not always easy, exactly, and much harder as kids get older. So I I always say one step at a time. You know, I I very rarely will say let's address all of these things. Um, I think it's important to say what's the thing that's the easiest to attain, not even the most important right now, but the easiest to attain and really set small goals. So let's say a 16-year-old is going to bed at 1 o'clock in the morning um, and they're getting up for school at, you know, 6 or 6.30, right? Clearly not enough sleep. What if we scale that back just a little bit? Let's say, okay, bed by 10 and without your phone, which even that could be a huge, huge feat for a lot of families, but it's one thing. Do it for two weeks. Just give it a try. What I've often found is if you can find a goal that can be agreed upon, and that's a key point right there and sometimes difficult between teen and parent, and scale it back just a little bit one step at a time, then this huge, you know, seemingly huge um, problem that seems insurmountable now becomes doable because it is truly just one step at a time. It is one step at a time. And while it's not always easy, we have to role model, right? And so as parents, we can't be like, okay, go get some exercise if we're not willing to do it ourselves. Or, you know, you got to eat something healthy or get a decent night's sleep if we're not doing it ourselves. 
So for parents, this has been pretty stressful too. And I know you're a pediatrician, Dr. Williamson, but help us a little bit. How can we use self-care? Because as women, especially, we cannot care for our loved ones and our children, especially our girls, if they're suffering eating disorders and anxiety and all of those things, if we don't help ourselves. Absolutely. That's that's so incredibly important. And one of the things I always ask my patients' parents is I will look at them directly and just say, how are you doing? You know, how are you coping with this? Because so much of their focus is on their child. And sometimes that focus is even a contributing factor to their own poor health. And whether your child is five years old or 15 years old, they are watching you even even when you don't think they are. And that, that in of itself can be overwhelming for parents. You know, I think one thing, it, it's actually good for parents to share their vulnerability with their child and show them that, hey, you know, sometimes I have a hard time going to bed on time. Sometimes I have a hard time making sure I get three meals a day. Why don't we do this together? Because kids need to see that they're not the only ones struggling and that their parents are um, not just having it easier. And they also need to see that their parents can accomplish those goals that the teens themselves need to do as well. True. That's definitely true. And when I was looking over what we were going to talk about today, it's anxiety. We've talked about depression. And I want you to speak about some of the red flags of some of these things, because we're also mentioning eating disorders. Now, those things are all three separate topics and can be their own very interesting podcast. But we're kind of putting it all together because our kids are really suffering from this epidemic that we're seeing of all of these things in our kids, it's really become a crisis as far as eating disorders. I mean, have you seen that on the uptick? And what should we be looking for? Because I mean, kids are sitting there in front of social media eating junk and school was online. What should we be looking for? Yeah, eating disorders, I've definitely seen it on the uptick. And um, in fact, there was a period of time where I felt like the majority of my adolescents had some form of eating disorder. So I, there's often uh, little phrases that, that adolescents will say, whether they're talking about their body, whether they're talking about their weight, whether they'll say something about, you know, I don't think I'm going to eat that when normally they would. Um, and there's a difference between being health conscious and making good choices with your food versus restricting or having a negative relationship with food. So something I talk about with my families a lot is identifying what a positive relationship is with food and a negative. You know, sometimes it's seen as well, on one hand, you're eating really unhealthy and you're eating too much. On, and on the other hand, you're not eating enough. But those are actually in the same category as having a negative relationship with food. So I, I, I talk about, it's really important to see food as an energy source. We don't eat because we're hungry. We do eat when we're hungry. But the reason we need to eat is to give our body the energy. So if we can look at food as this positive source, that will help us have a, a lifelong good relationship with food and keep us out of the realm of anything from eating disorders to, to stress eating. So if parents kind of phrase food in that way at the beginning, I think that helps quite a bit. And then in terms of you know signs to look for, in addition to to phrases that that kids might say, it, it's also just their whole mannerism. So if they seem to be hiding in the rooms a little bit more, if they seem to be more withdrawn, or if they don't seem to be enjoying things that they used to very much enjoy, those are all little red flags that added together are a big red flag. 
Oh, true. Certainly true. And as parents, I think we've all seen a little bit of this. And then we we think about that advice you just gave us and we say, oh, is this something I need to talk to my pediatrician about? So as we get ready to wrap up this really important episode, it's so informative, Dr. Williamson, what would you like us to know about this real crisis that we've seen about anxiety, depression, eating disorders in our kids when you feel it's important that we do talk to our pediatricians because you guys are the ones helping us to raise our kids and to raise them safely. And there's nothing more important in a parent's life. What I think is so important to take away is for parents to make sure they're helping their children to live in the moment, to Ask them if they feel that there is something off and always know that you have your pediatrician to check in with. We are here to create a safe space for you and your child and to help do this with you together. Well, you certainly are. And boy, we love our pediatricians. They say it takes a village. Well, it takes a village with some awesome pediatricians. I'll tell you that right now. Thank you so much, Dr. Williamson, for joining us today. You're listening to Healthy Children. Again, all our experts are provided by the American Academy of Pediatrics. You can, of course, listen on Spotify and iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Podcast, everywhere that podcasts are played. We want you to listen at RadioMD.com. So share this show on your social channels. Share with your friends and family because we are learning from the experts at the gold standard American Academy of Pediatrics together. This is Melanie Cole for Healthy Children in the American Academy of Pediatrics. Thanks for listening and stay well.